locked and loaded. And here we go. Welcome to the Underpowered Podcast, where our powers may be low, but we're leveling up through video games. I'm Shelby Stokes, and on the cast today we have Casey Cool. Howdy, howdy. And Shelby Stokes. Here we are. Yeah, Let's just, talk some games, Casey. Just the dynamic duo today. Just the dynamic duo. Yeah, we're uh, we're holding down the fort, you know, just talking the games we've been playing, and we're going to catch some video game headlines yeah. as well. Yeah. Sean yeah. is out on assignment. We have him yes. doing some research for us. How are you holding up outside of gaming? You know, just doing well. We're still in quarantine. I don't even know what day it is anymore. It feels like the days are going very quickly, though. And I think it's because they don't change much from day to day for me. Right. It's like I'm locked inside and uh, hanging out with my kids all day. Yes. How about you? By day, I teach my kids. And by afternoon, I teach other people's kids. <laughs> we did a drive-by birthday party for an adult friend today, which totally reeked of white privilege. No, uh, <laughs> but it's was fine it was good i was having their twin brothers they're good family friends of ours and it was nice to see them Uh, my son kind of was in a really bad mood afterwards and i think this is finally getting to him not seeing his friends and not going to school he misses his teachers and it's been hard like today was like the first weird day someone said today i looked exhausted and i go i actually got a lot of sleep last night this is just how i look You were, were you still in your sweatpants? Uh, no, I had like a tie-dyed shirt on and it doesn't help that my beard is like full Grizzly Adams right now. <laughs> and like at points, I just don't care if I have food in it. My wife came into the kitchen today. She's like, what are you shoveling in your mouth? And I go, it's just pizza. And I had pizza on my face with water <laughs> dripping off my beard. <sighs> you know? Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Today I was a real winner. I ate a pint of ice cream, uh, half of a pizza, uh, a bowl of cereal and a bunch of broccoli nuggets that my kids eat and it's like well i'm not gonna i'm yesterday i ran eight miles and then so today i was like i'm gonna totally screw off everything that i did yesterday <laughs> and just eat my brains out so you're saying today was a cheat day that's what you're saying no that's just a normal day no that's oh, just okay. my <laughs> average day yeah no i need to get back on it dude that's what i mean you can handle some serious dairy based on that statement uh like. not tonight my wife will not be happy with me as i'm ripping you know high and tight super stinky uh, i like that you're gonna go to bed after this podcast and just wake her up out of a dead sleep with your stank i'm a i'm in a dutch oven go guess what bam gotcha that that's what five years of marriage does to somebody true love actually i've been yeah. married for this will be nine years what yeah man that's a long yeah it's not so nine years yeah. it does not feel like it should be that long it's i mean good for long. you congratulations Thanks. but time has not traveled that fast has yeah it? yeah i got married in 2011 it's year 2020 man, good for you man thanks good for you you're, you're keeping up with what year it is yeah proud of you i'm trying you. yeah we're, we're playing this new game my family and i it's called uber eats oh, and yeah? um yeah it's it's great we're going out and dropping off food it's uh quite the experience i tell you what it's how how's the coin making on that in the game <laughs> I mean, I think it's a lot more of a dopamine hit than it is actually money making because yeah. I mean, I think it breaks down to less than minimum wage is what I think down. Yeah. I think it's $20 an hour. And then assuming you go over $600, you're going to have to pay a third of that to the tax man. It's all right. We're basically just using it as a way to put our kids down because my three-year-old does not want to go to sleep in her bed for uh-huh. that time. So we drive around and she's out in like 15 minutes and then we kind of just put her around Puyallup. It works out pretty well. It makes some coin. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I will say it was pretty epic when one day my wife and I were delivering 
and somebody ordered a chili dog from Dairy Queen. Which Ooh. why? Why would you order? Yeah, just a single exactly. chili dog. Just it one. Was just a chili dog and like a sprite or something. Okay. But yeah, exactly. Was she it... opens the car door and the chili dog falls onto the cement, like in the bag. Oh no! <laughs> Felt really bad. Was it Sonic the Hedgehog at the door? Uh, it was not. There okay. was no Sonic the Hedgehog. Damn, that was a opportunity of a lifetime. Let's just say that was not a five star rating. No, for us. No. Yeah. And speaking of Sonic the Hedgehog, so what have you been playing? What have I been playing? Um, a lot of the same. Uh, I know I talked about it last week, but I am still playing Forza Horizon. I tried to hop back into that this week mm-hmm. uh, briefly, and it turns out I am not as good at that at that game as I was when I stopped playing that game. It's oh. like I must have forgotten how to play because I got three races in. And they're like, nah, you're not winning a bunch. Maybe you should turn down the difficulty. And I'm oh. like, okay. So that was a little humbling. Yeah. But, um, when your video games tell you you're bad, that never feels right. great. Well, and it worked in my favor before because when I was at the end of the last session, when I was playing it quite a bit, it was like, uh, you're winning all these races. You should bump up the difficulty. And I'm like, yeah, I should. I'm badass. <laughs> and then I came back and it's like, no, no, no. You need to go back to uh, the lower levels. You're not that good. You're not that good. So I've been clicking at that. That's uh, that's pretty fun. Unlocked some uh, super fancy cars, like the ultra rares. So kind of playing around with those. Um, still like in the game, it might feel like a slog because I know we agreed that I would get to 30 minutes or 30 hours. 30 minutes. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, <laughs> 30 minutes. I like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I got I to gotta take some more time on that. How many hours are you at now? I don't even know. I don't think I'm at 20 yet. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's funny. Now, when you say the ultra rares, what kind of like are do they actually use brand names in this game or no? Yeah, they do. I think I believe that they have um, relationships with some of the automakers. So it seems like there's there's a lot of Toyotas and stuff of that nature. But I don't think they have brand loyalty with every car maker out there is what it feels like. Um, So like they are actual prototype cars in terms of the ultra rares and they're pretty cool. You know, I usually take them back, get a downloaded tune for them, and then they're like super fast. And I run into things. I play bumper cars with them normally. You hit the gas till I run into something, and then I turn. That's kind of how that rolls. Mm. Just yeah. like NASCAR. Just like NASCAR. Yeah. That's fun. I want to start playing with that a little bit more with my sister, but I didn't do any of that this week. I'm also getting into the Kingdom Hearts 3. Yes. Covered that a little bit last week. Your your daughter loves it, so that makes it easier to yeah. play, I'm sure. Yes, she loves it. Like, she is all for it. In fact, today we were outside working in the yard, and we came in, and she's like, oh, let's play Kingdom Hearts. And I'm like, no, we should be working on the yard. But I am in a contest with my friends, so yes. you should have, That <laughs> right. should have been the follow-up, yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh she's liking it we hit the let it go section of frozen level the other day it was really well done do they do the whole number they do they do does sora like dance in it is he involved in it or is it just true to the movie sora just seems to kind of like stand off to the side while the disney characters have their moments so like she's basically running through creating the castle as she's singing let it go and um sora's just sitting there taking it all in it's like i always feel like if you, you know they always joke about it where oh we're in the disney musical and everyone's singing and the person that's not from the disney universe is like what the hell is going on like why are all these people busting in the song uh, Sora maybe has that vibe going on. 
know. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I I will say that the combat is grading on me a little bit. It doesn't really feel deep. It doesn't feel um, like there's a lot of depth there. And instead of the enemies forcing me to change tactics, it seems like their life bar is just getting bigger. It just kind of feels like a slog at times. Yeah. They do have like different keyblades, which kind of provide different combos. So some will be like, like it'll be a driving damage output on a single character. Mm -hmm. They also have ones that do AOE and there's a couple of variations on those swords. But what I find is that I'm finding a couple that work for me and then just going back to those tactics. Uh, I'm like, okay, these are my three favorites. This one's not working. Let's try another. They don't raise your stats. It's not as clear as like, oh, this sword, this keyblade stronger than this keyblade. They do, and you're able to upgrade each one of those keyblades. Mm. It seems like they either have a magic or attack number, and they seem to fluctuate. So one will be 12, and one will be 9, and then you look at the other one, and right. they'll be inversed. What I remember from like Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 is that each universe had its own keyblade that you always tried to find. So if you were in uh, Jungle Book, he had a keyblade, or if you were in Aladdin, there's a keyblade there. And that boosted your stats. I also remember, and I don't know if they did this in the third one, when you started Kingdom Hearts 1, mm-hmm. they asked you at the beginning of the game, would you like the beginning, middle, or end to be harder? Oh. So you could sh- like choose, like, okay, it's going to be harder at the beginning, and then at the end, like, experience comes easier. Hmm. I think, I I remember that. I don't know. I'm guessing they didn't do that in 3. I That doesn't ring any bells. But I will say, at the beginning of this game, there were so many random cutscenes that I was basically mashing A and skipping su- cutscenes. So well, I how are you going to understand be... the story then, Shelby? <laughs> I am I am entering Kingdom Hearts knowing full well that I will not understand Kingdom Hearts by the end. Okay, of it. I'm uh, I'm gonna stick with it just because my daughter likes it so much. Um, and I will say because you mentioned that at the end of each level you get a new weapon, which is true, and also the combos change. So they have this interesting um, ebb and flow to it where you'll kind of slog through a level and then you know when you get to that next level you'll have a brand new weapon and a brand new combo set to work with. So it almost incentivizes you to get reacquainted with a new weapon type on each level, which I think right. is a interesting way to go about it. Cause it's like, Oh, I know I have that. Let me wait through this 20 minutes of gummy ship slash cutscene, And then I'll get to use it. You don't wait through the gummy ship. You embrace the gummy ship. Bro. No gummy ships. No gummy <laughs> ships. We'll talk about that more. I'm sure in the future, there's nothing to talk about. They're horrible all the time, every time. So who, how many more worlds do you think you have? In that game? I have no idea. You haven't looked? Okay. I, I haven't looked. Um, I know that in the first section, there was three different planets. And then I got a new set of worlds, which has at least two planets on it. Mm-hmm. I know uh, once I get through this one, then we go to Monster Inc. Nice. And I don't know what ha- what comes after that. My son is loving that movie, by the way. And when he? he watches it, he likes Monsters University. And so because of the timeline, he knows Monster University is first. So in his mind, Monster University is the first movie and Monster Inc. is the second movie. And my wife's like, he's four. Do not explain like the concept of prequel. It's going to be over I'm like, he just let him think what he thinks. I'm like, but it did. You know, so I've accepted that my son in his timeline, which is fine. He's right, technically. Monsters University so, is the first movie. Which Star Wars movie are you going to show him first? Uh, none. None? No. Oh, I'll, show him, I'll show him the three good ones. How about that? <laughs> which three? So, like, the first one? Four through six. Uh, one, six. And four, five, and six. One. Those are the only ones. <laughs> only ones he needs to see. Oh, you're going to show him an actual set. I figured you just pick yeah. one of each. 
No, four or five. I'm not jumping around that trilogy. No way. I don't want to show him the stuff that happened before because he could just watch the Clone Wars, which would probably be cooler. And then second, the newest ones are just hot doo-doo and all over the place. I, I'll, Okay, I'll just come out and say it. I think Star Wars is overrated. And I think that you may have an opinion, but it's probably not valid. Come on. Uh, I think people are, There's. I feel the midichlorians in the air getting mad. I, I think it's a great franchise. I like the fandom, but I'm not like pushing it at all in my house. If my son gets into it, I'm more of a high fantasy. Like I like, I the Lord of the Rings movies are so much better than any of the Star Wars movies. Yeah. Can't tell. But Lord of the Rings is not nearly as vast as the Star Wars universe. Have you ever heard content. of the Simmerillians, sure? <laughs> the what? The Simmerillion. It's the Simmerillion. I'm saying this probably wrong. It's a whole book about the whole universe of uh, the Middle Earth is so complex and there's so many uh, like branching stories to it. How dare you, sir? How dare you? I'm just saying there's a lot of Star Wars books out there and a lot of Star Wars movies. Right. How many of them did George Lucas write? I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> J.R.L. Tolkien shits on George Lucas. Boom. Mic wow. I, I don't really know that you can compare the two because, I mean. I can. One's really good. One's really overrated. J.R.L. Tolkien was like writing in his den for millennia or whatever it was. Yeah. He yeah. was a true artist. I'm, I don't think George Lucas could put together a novel like that. I'm going to say no, it flat no. out. And, yeah. you know, Spielberg helped him out. And that's what made Star Wars good. I'll say that, too. And that's why Indiana Jones, his other great work, which is Spielberg influenced, is good because Spielberg's involved there. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Dude, bring it, bring it, internet. I I'll fight you. There's going to be pitchforks. Go ahead, cancel me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna plant that flag. I'm not gonna plant that flag. There's some good Don't. stuff to Star Wars. You know what's gonna happen is your Chewbacca is cool. your kid is gonna fall in love with the animated series because it's much better than it has any right to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From what I I've seen. That. So I guess I'm gonna force you to play through a Star Wars game eventually. That's exciting. Oh, <laughs> that'd be a great punishment. I I know some of the games are great. Speaking of games that are great that are frustrating, I had a really hard moment this weekend with Zelda Ocarina of Time, and not hard in that I couldn't do it. As I was beating Ganon, I did not pay attention to my 3DS being charged, which is not like me. Mid-fight, my 3DS battery died, and I was just about to beat him. Okay. And my battery died. And then um, I did. I noticed that I'd been keeping everything in a save state, so I had to reboot the Spirit Temple, because that was the last time I saved. <laughs> And I just was like, I'm going to take a break before I break this thing. So I rebeat the Spirit Temple this weekend. And I was pretty pissed about it because that was the last time I saved like an idiot. Wait, so the Spirit Temple. So you still have to go through the Light Temple again? No, no. The Light Temple. Remember, the Light Temple is the, the, is the one you get from the old man when you, you cross over with the Master Sword. You get the Light Medallion right away. No. The Spirit Temple is the last one before Ganon. It's the one with the two twin witches. In the Gerudo Valley, I did not have to redo Gerudo Valley, but I was saved up front of the Spirit Temple, and I really looked at it like because I kept closing the 3DS and just being like whatever and having it plugged in. And then that day, I was working on it and I never plugged it in. And I met my brother. I'm like, oh, maybe I can beat it with like a couple minutes left fighting Ganondorf, and it dies in the mid fight. And I was like, no. So I was so close to getting one off my back. I totally thought that you were going to say that you had a corrupt save and you had oh. to start over. No, <laughs> I saw I your face going. No, it was pretty frustrating, though, when you're so close. I mean, that's like three hours of my time that I'm not going to get back, you know? Yeah. And so I 
It was pretty frustrated with myself. I'm at my brother-in-law's house on Saturdays. My brother-in-law works with my wife, my brother-in-law, Jeff. So like I have his germs. We're not COVID spreading. We're following quarantine. But we're at his house. He's playing the new COD. Yeah, called yeah. Warzone, right? Yeah. And he is. he gets me to try it, which I'm just dog shit at. Because he has one of the pro controllers with the paddles on the back. And I'm like Ooh. using the paddles and shooting myself almost. Tell and me so about I tried the that. pro controller. Is it magical? It's pretty cool. Like I like all the little add-ins for it, but it's a little much at the same time. Gosh, I, I don't need all these buttons. I want one so bad, and I just can't justify the purchase or haven't been able to. So my brother-in-law and I, I wanted to play a game with him, and it's a game that's also on my bucket list, and I can only say good things about it. I was dancing with the devil. I was running with the devil. Yeah, you dance. I was making though. deals with the devil. Ooh, what kind of deal did you make? Cuphead likes to gamble. So I've been playing Cuphead with my brother-in-law, if you didn't catch that. And... The concept of Cuphead is you're this dude that's a giant cup, and you have a. I think his brother's Mugman, who I play Mugman, Mugman for life. Cuphead loses some gambling at some very dicey casino, and it realizes that he's gambling with Satan, and so you have to go collect contracts for him. And I think the best way to describe Cuphead, if you haven't seen, first off, that game just oozes style yeah oozes it it's made like a 1930s cartoon the music's perfect the the play is great though that's the other thing the visuals come thing if the play wasn't if it didn't feel good when you played it no one would give this thing a second thought like oh it looks cool cuphead to describe it it's a shoot 'em up kind of in contra s style and it's also a platformer because you have to time jumps you can play it cooperatively with two people at the same time much like old school contra you use your finger as like a special gun shooter and the thing i found the most enjoyable is just the boss fights themselves where you're on a level and it's just a boss and that game is one of those games that it's hard it's not easy and you can put it on simple and it's still challenging and what gets you is when you lose that bar at the end. And if you haven't played it, the bar at the end when you die shows you checkpoints that you've made. And it shows you how close you get to beating it, right? Because there's no health bar on the boss whatsoever. And that fucking bar makes you go, okay, one more try. One more try. And my brother-in-law, he calls them repeater games. Because like that's just the games you like where you just have to repeat something over and over. And he started playing with me. And it's so addictive. And it's fun to play with a person. I, I tried playing it solo today, and it didn't – it's still good, but I didn't find the – it's just an awesome game to sit on the couch with a buddy and play through and get through the level and challenge each other. Be like, oh, hey, get me, get me, get me. Like when he parries as I'm dying because he can resurrect you, and you get that save and you both survive. Oh, and I'm at, I beat the first 20% of that game with him. So nice. we're going to do that like every few Saturdays. We're going to do some cuphead work. What boss gave you the most trouble this weekend? The first one we did was the one where you're the ships and you fight the cloud lady. And the we war. beat her and getting that timing was a little difficult. But then once we realized you could hold the bumper to turn into a little plane to drop down faster, that was the game changer. The other thing I did right away was I made I personalized my controls. Because mm-hmm. the way they have the controls set up for like special, you have to kind of like it feels like you're hammering stuff. You don't, your fingers aren't as spread out, so you can't be as quick. I move some things to trigger. I move special up. I move in the dash. I was not using the dash button, and I didn't realize that. There was this one jump I couldn't make because I wasn't using the dash, and I moved the dash to my trigger, and that was nice. That one gave us probably the hardest time, and then the cupcake, the candy boss. That's where we stopped. My brother, Jeff, he beat the fly and at the same time died. So the game was, and then the next time we beat, we beat the fly. He missed the jump. 
at the end. It's like, ah, so all right, that's one that I might go back and do solo because it's it's uh it's the level we know where the woodpecker comes down and hits your head. And it's a level where it's more of a Mario S like get through the level. It's not just a boss fight. But that cupcake boss, what's hard about that is the sequence of what it shoots out of it. You don't know what candy is going to come. And then you ha- that game's all about pattern recognition. Yeah. Yeah. And if I remember right, the um, candy cane or the, the candy boss still has like three different attacks that she kind of rotates between four different ones. There's a candy corn. There's a, uh, a gumball machine. I guess one would be a jawbreaker. And then there's one more. And so you don't know. And that's the first thing. And I, I saw a clip online, like later the castle starts moving. And my brother-in-law, we chose different upgrades. The first thing we did was both upgrade to four hearts. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing he needs to get is a second shot. That boomerang shot looks really cool where you shoot backwards. I chose the spray shot. And uh, it's just such a good game. I've been thinking about it. Like, I want to go over my brother-in-law's this weekend just to play more and just bro out, you know? Yeah, it's it's really neat. And the upgrades have a lot, they're a lot more dynamic than you would initially expect to. You kind of find the different shooting styles can all be applicable in different situations and used in a different way. That's what I found. You know, I get like 75% of the way through that game and I'm like, okay, well, in this pattern, I'll use this shot. And then in this pattern, I'll use this shot. And I want to use mm-hmm. this shot because it's easier to land, but it doesn't do as much damage. So there's a lot of give and take in that game. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I love it. It got a lot of praise when it came out in 2017. It's definitely one that if you have been hesitant to play or want to try it, do it. And have a buddy with you that likes games. I think it's a good buddy game. It, it could be good if you like like Contra by yourself. But I always felt like those games are two-player games. You know, I actually played through this one on my own with no co-op at all. And um, I enjoyed it. It was definitely one of those games where you just beat your head against a boss right, until you're, you mm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, I've always liked those kind of those repeat games, as you call them. My I like them because, like, when you break through that last moment, when you finally beat that boss, it's like a hell yeah right. type moment. You know, like you want to jump out of your seat. Well, I've always loved like Mega Man, and those are hard games. I like hard games, and so they're repeating because you're gonna die a lot. There's a lot of trial and error. So I played that, and I can only I just I'm craving it. I'm trying to trick my wife into playing that with me. Not interested. <laughs> She's too focused on Animal Crossing. Uh, tonight when she was playing Animal Crossing, KK Slider came into our town, and when he comes to your town, you get end credits. And so I came out of like putting my daughter to sleep, and she goes, "Hey, Casey, uh, there's did I beat the game? Yeah, Animal Crossing's over. You don't have to play it anymore. Just let me do the stuff. You never have to play again." And she was not buying that. Now we can terraform. Started playing my character because my character has all the control. Whatever, I don't care as long as everybody's happy. Animal Crossing's still a staple. And I know that's something my wife's going to play forever now because she's got plans. She's been going to other people's islands and she knows what she wants to do. But for myself, after, you know, Cuphead and the disappointing thing of repeating stuff with Zelda, which it still was enjoyable. I played a game that I love that came out uh, 2018 and it came to Switch in 2019. And that game's called Friends with Ringo Ishikawa. I, I don't really know much about this game at all. I know you've mentioned it a couple of times, but I don't really oh, know man. what it even entails. Have you ever heard or do you know of River City Ransom? Yeah. So it's the the person who made it, his name's EOJ. It's a one. He has a small team. And the story behind him is very interesting in his studio. It is definitely an homage to River City Ransom. And the game is intentionally vague at times. And I'm underselling it right now. Because you can play this game in so many different ways. The game allows you something. There's no endless mode. But more to it, the game is the story that you find in it. And it's a story about growing up. And the backdrop is, when I say River City Ransom, River City Ransom is the idea of 90s Japan, teenage delinquent style anime, <laughs> where you're getting in street fights. You have a perm, right? 
Oh, wow. And you're Ringo. Ringo's the head of his gang. He's buddies with the school. You can walk around. So you have a mode called delinquent mode where you walk around. You hold a button when you're walking around your pockets. When you're in delinquent mode, you can start fighting people because you wear your school uniform, which is blue. And if someone's like in a white uniform, you can fight them. But certain color-coded schools are tougher at the beginning of the game than later. You build up your stats by like, I could go to the playground and do pull-ups or dips and it raises my HP. Eventually, you can go to this weight trainer and talk him into letting you train at his facility for free. And you get like 50 HP every day from training with him, right? You can go to the karate club at the school and learn different karate moves. There's a mechanic. He saves you, and then he teaches you like MMA techniques, like low kicks, Muay Thai takedowns. There's a judo club. Or if you just want to go to the pool hall and gamble with your degenerate friends you can go play like a mini game of pool you can play pachinko you can buy cigarettes and just walk around and smoke cigarettes you can you can just be a true high school delinquent right it's really cool and you get paid based off of tests that you take there are different ways to make money but one is if you go to school and you take the test and the only secret to taking the test is if you study at your house for in game when you read a book it takes an hour of and there's a real-time clock going Mm. the whole time but if you sit and read a book it'll, an hour will pass and it raises your percentage in that school subject and if you so in japan for a while I, my understanding is you go on saturday to school to take tests and you go to the school on saturday and if you just hold the a button you move your pencil if you don't hold anything you can like stare out the window and obviously you'll do poor on your test if you want on your test this teacher that's just been trying to get you to come to school he give you five thousand bucks every week for getting good grades <laughs> right so it's like yes, an easy please. way to get income but then the bigger story to it is that the idea of you're growing older and these people that were your friends that you think you're tight with and gang, your, your gang, you're going to you're going to separate. Cause like it, it kind of still is true. Like I have a couple of handful of friends I've known from high school that I still talk to, but how many people do you still hang out from high school? Uh, yeah. None for the most right. part. Yeah. Not a right. single one. And when you, in that time of your life, you think, Oh, these are my friends. This is how life's going to be. But people grow up, people change, people go different places, right? And it's kind of, it's an esoteric beat-em-up is how I would describe it. Gotcha. And in the vein, it's kind of makes you sit and think. It's if if Catcher in the Rye was a beat-em-up <laughs> video game, that's how I would describe Friends of Three and Go Ishikawa. And it's 15 bucks. And the story about the maker of this game, he his dad is like 56. It has this beautiful 16-bit sprite art style to it in that same river city ransom vein, but he got some hired some background artists. The music is really killer and it tells the whole story. It sets a tone. Uh, it, it is a bit janky, but you have to remember it's janky because it's such a small team. Like there's one mechanic where this rival gang, if you start beating up the purple gang, they'll show up at your apartment and be like me and our leader at uh, 6 PM at the field. And if you go to the field, the guy never shows up, hmm. which is like, Oh, pisses you off. But there's other events that happen in the game. And the ending of the game, which I won't spoil for everyone here, is so fun and so fitting. And you want that more of those moments. But the ending leaves you going, what? Really? That's the end? Because it's not a happy ending by any means. Huh. Just like real life. It's a sad story. But the gentleman, he taught his dad at 55, learned how to do sprite art for him. And oh, his cool. dad would study the martial art animations because the fighting is very tight in it. And it's a passion project. I can't, it's got, it's rated really well on Steam. It's on Switch. I, I talk with him on Twitter a lot. And he's like really into old school martial art flicks. I would love to have him on the show. I don't know if he does interviews, but that that's like one that I'm shooting for. I, I can't stress that game enough. And it's it, go in with low expectations. 
but know that it, the game is frustrating and it rewards you with it's your frustrations. So do you like run out of time? You mentioned there was like an in-world clock. Is there like a certain set amount of time to get through the game or is there something so, that's pushing you through? At a certain day count, an event will happen that triggers the end of the game. Gotcha. You have to go to one place after 30 plus days and then the end game events will happen, right? But you can just avoid that place and there's like an endless mode that way where if you just, as long as you don't go to that building, you can just keep doing certain things, but you're not going to see everybody like you used to. And you can just enjoy like walking around every other place in the game. Like there's a subway, there's different town, there's different gangs you can go beat up every day. Is there like an underlying story throughout this? Like does it have to do with the gangs? Does it have to do with the school? Like is there one plot line or does it divert into a lot of different directions? It it totally diverts because it's how you play it. If you don't want Ringo to be really involved, you could just make him a shut-in and study and get straight A's and then get opportunity to go to university and write research papers. And you can sit and write research papers all day. You don't have to make it a beat-em-up. It can be a slice-of-life game. But there are aspects that you're going to have to learn how to beat people up in it because Ringo has a bad – like it opens up where you and your buddies are in a subway fighting a gang and you're beating the shit out of the gang. And then there's like a big 30-man bra at the end of that opening sequence. It's very movie-like. Credits drop, come in. Like that's the beginning. And you can do – there's other things. Like you can work at a video store. And if you go to the video store on the certain days of the week, you can uh, – they pay you. But you can also buy movies from the video store and you watch them and it develops you can buy books and there's achievements for reading all the books in the game and and when you learn how to speed read it makes you faster at reading so you can read your textbooks faster but the like the videos what i found about buying videos if you pick the bruce lee films you learn like super dragon kick Whoa. You, you learn like a secret technique to fight with the game. So there's some benefits to doing that. The game doesn't hold your hand at all. You have to, it's one of those games where you have to search for all these little nuances and you'll be frustrated because if you look online, there's some like, okay, this is how you get to this place. This is how you get to this place. But no one's telling anybody anything like this is how you play this game. Cause there is no way to play this game. This game can be played in a multitude of ways and I can't, I love it. So it was a nice like recleanse to getting back to the real world. I was like, I just need to play something like comfort food. And I find the comfort in that story, that growing up story. Nice. I'll just play it through. I'll start on one save file. I've started it over a couple of times. I'm like, oh, I'm going to play it this way. This time I'm just going to go to the boxing gym and be really good at boxing. Or this time I'm going to only do judo and learn how to throw people. Right? Like I'll do wow. that. Yeah. And there's certain things like I know I have to study like at certain times of the day. And you go home and sleep. And when you go home and sleep, it saves the game. I, I highly, highly recommend it. It's just a fun game. Nice. So how many times have you gone back and played this game? I've gone back and played it four times, five times, five times now. Wow. Huh. Yeah, I have about 50 hours in it. <laughs> Good for you. I mean, I know there's people that do that with books, right? You'll go back yes. and read a book that you really enjoy once a year, whatever the case may be. Uh, my childhood friend, Wesley, one of my best friends. I love that guy. He's my brother. He reads the Harry Potter series like once every other year. I think he's read the whole series like six or seven times. He's one of those weirdos. Dude, he's a dedicated fan right there. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I played this week. That's really cool. So you got some serious gaming in. So Ocarina, you're near the end of. It sounds like Cuphead, yes. you're probably a third of the way through. And I'm, uh, I'm a fifth of the way, 20%. Is that right? T- t- 20 times 5 is 100, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for you to come back and just be like, I hate this boss on Cuphead. Oh. That game is beautifully built. I hate all the bosses. That's why I love it, because I want to beat them. And it shows me that bar, man, that bar. Oh, that's <laughs> they cool. put the right thing in there for me to be like, okay, one more run. Right. One more run. Oh, look, look how close I was. Oh, that was yes. a bad run. We can do better. Oh, it's the worst when you're right there. 
you know yeah. I mean, it's just like oh i just need one more shot or who knows um i, I think we should get oh go ahead definitely broke a controller on that game just for real saying. yeah well it didn't break it but like uh, i had one of those frustrating moments where i just squeezed the controller and it's never been the same since like i yeah. i moved something in my frustration you know the super nintendo my dad i used to grow up playing with him and him and i would play like king griffey jr killer instinct and whenever he got lost at something, he would always throw the controller on the ground. By far, the Super Nintendo controller is the best rage controller of all time. Because if you throw that thing on the carpet, it just bounces right back up in your hand. <laughs> Not phased at all. You know, you can fully rage with the Super Nintendo controller. Controller today, yeah. you break it. You're like, oh, shit, that's a 70 bucks in the hole right there. <laughs> yeah, no, back in the day, you could basically, those things were indestructible. Mm-hmm. They really were. I remember at one point, I like pulled the cord out of the machine and somehow the controller came back and hit my sister in the face. Ah! And then I was like, oh, the controller's fine. It's all good. <laughs> I should crying. Mom! <laughs> um, should we get into some news? Let's do it. With the news this week, we'll start with the big opener. The PS5 price was announced Uh Production output will reportedly, this was according to IGN, will reportedly be limited in the first year of its launch. Surprise, surprise. I wonder why. COVID. And as Sony expects a higher price to affect demand for its new console, it anticipates the console price tag to come around 499 to 549 I'm guessing that there's like a base model at 499 and then a bonus model at 549 Yeah. I mean, what do you think about this? Does that surprise you, that number? Um... I, it's a lot of money, right? but no, I think, you know, with inflation, chimes change. A Switch right now is, what, 250 Or actually, you, can, you can't buy a Switch because of the production, so people are selling them. People are selling Switches on Craigslist for about five, about the same. Um, yeah. I'm curious if, has Microsoft said their price point yet? No, right? Um, no, but I I didn't know what the PlayStation 4 console launch was, and it says $399 yes. based on a quick search. So this is $100 more than the PS4 yeah. launch price. It's it's steep, especially in a time of economic downturn. Yeah, yeah. You know, this doesn't surprise me. I kind of figured the last console cycle would be at a premium price like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Microsoft does next because to your, to your question, no, they have not announced a price. Well, they're having kind of like a little standoff. I think they're going to see who's going to drop their price first, and then they're going to adjust. Or they're going to keep it, okay, we were going to say this much, so now we can raise it. Right. I'm surprised Sony went first. Well, and I believe this is what got them, I want to say on the PS3, because didn't they try to go 499 and then 360 came out at a lower price point? And yes. Their butt throughout the whole cycle. Let's look at that really quick so we know. I believe that's how that played out. Um but, you know, I'm not surprised as technology continues to move, you have inflation, you know, our money doesn't go as far as it used to. Um, so this does not shock me that it's at a premium price in comparison to last year's cycle. Uh, now it's just hurry up and wait to see what Microsoft does. Um, right. Also in this article, you mentioned that it's going to be limited production. And I think that's partly because of COVID, obviously. Absolutely. But it could, it could also be factoring in the higher price point as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, everyone talks about it like when Nintendo came out with the Nintendo Classic or the SNES Classic, how they were limited. People mm-hmm. like things that they can't get. Right. I go to the whole episode of South Park where Cartman buys the amusement park and he doesn't allow anybody in it. Then everybody wants to come. Right. Everybody wants the thing they can't have. Right. And so Sony, I think, is playing this move. They're saying it's going to be limited because people will create a bit of a frenzy about it. Mm-hmm. But. I have a feeling the 499 model will sell a little bit better than the 549. I'm curious what the differences will be. Would you? How long would you wait to buy one? 
Um, I mean, I'm kind of in the Xbox Microsoft ecosystem, so I'm definitely going to buy the Microsoft box at launch. And then if and when I feel like I need a PlayStation to kind of get everything, I'll buy a PlayStation 5. Yeah. You know, I'm one of the guys that likes to go back and play all of the heavy best games over the years. Mm. So if they do lock up some exclusives like the PlayStation 4 has, then I'll be all over it. But it's probably going to be a year out from launch, if not a year and a half. Yeah. I'll give you my scenario. The Final Fantasy VII Remake is finished. I buy yeah. a PS5 then. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 10 years from now or whenever you know, they finish that you should get the ps5 at launch i'll get the x the new xbox x series and we'll be good to go uh, okay no we'll cover all of our bases it'll no, be perfect man. yeah or i could just build a pc and then play any game i want i think it's going to be perfect because the next announcement is going to be like oh the xbox box is worth is 250 dollars. oh <laughs> yeah that's that would be crazy i i could see xbox coming in at 399 yeah i can see that too i mean especially after the history that they've had together if microsoft can beat them in terms of getting more boxes into more hands i think they're going to um but they also are holding a few more cards now right because right. playstation does go for this 500 dollars number um or 550 it's basically xbox saying we can go 500 or we can go lower right let's move on to our next story best buy adds inactive listing for super mario 3d world on switch um that basically encapsulates this whole article they listed um that game for switch that game being super mario 3d world on switch at 60 dollars. they leaked it yeah man they do all the time how do these retailers continue to make this mistake over and over? I think someone does it just so people can know. They're like, they're, because like the old story was there's a gentleman who worked at Toys R Us that was on all the forums and he would get, his job was like to send out the pricing. So he would leak what's coming to Toys R Us because they would know beforehand. Uh, and he had some username where it was like an abbreviation for Toys R Us. And so that was it. So I think there's someone there that just wants like, oh, I'm dropping the credit for it. But yeah, um, awesome game. Very excited about it. Did you play 3D World on... You didn't have a Wii U, did you? I did not. I'm very excited to play this game. It, uh, this is one of the games that I wish I had a uh, Wii U for just to play. It, it's kind of if Super Mario Brothers 2 or Doki Doki Panic, where you know Mario can... You know, uh, Princess Peach is in it and she can float. Luigi jumps higher. higher. Luigi, Luigi jumps higher. Toad can run faster. They all have their perks. And you can... So you have to work as a team on it, and it, it's actually where Toad, Captain Toad, first appeared. Mm. The treasure tracking games—I don't know if you ever played Captain Toad, but there were many levels in that game. So like, it was just the right amount of it, and that's where people first fell in love with Captain Toad. I'm like, man, this could be a game. You know, it was a mini game that turned out really well. Huh. So I'm very excited. I think it's definitely a sixty-dollar game, and I, I, I'm cur- I'm so happy because the Wii U was not. A success it was one of it's one of it's not it's probably up there with the virtual boy i think the virtual boy is still nintendo's biggest flop but the wii u is one that they're gonna look not bet fondly on even though there's good titles for it and this is a really good chance for people to get their hands on a game that's wonderful speaking of mario games there was another news story i want to talk about today nintendo shot out a update for mario maker 2 and if you haven't seen it it's the one thing we talked about in a couple episodes past about Mario Maker and the idea that it, the one thing they were missing was. Do you remember what I said? The one thing they were missing was. The, do you, no, no. Do you remember what I said was missing in the podcast? No. Oh, you don't? Okay, cool. Thanks for listening. The thing I remember them I said in the past episode was they need to be able to make worlds. Right. Yes. Make a you level. Did. You and did. 
they're fi- they did it. They're listening to us, Shelby. They are. They are. That is what it is. It's funny because I was reading that article earlier. I remembered you had said that during one of those yes. podcasts, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Casey is going to poop himself when I he's did. reading the article. I love that they put in Super Mario Brothers two Mario that can like stand on top of Goombas. I love that they put in the Toad suit, but the world making so great because people can tell a story because big communities can make. Hey, play the giant bomb eight world. Play this my eight worlds. You know the, the, this is really good for the Mario Maker community. I'm curious who's gonna who's gonna make the one that only one person beat. What's gonna be the hardest world? But that's yeah. what everyone's looking for. Now, do you own this game, Casey? I played Mario Maker on the Wii U. I did not get mm-hmm. Mario Maker Two, and I'm very tempted to get it because my son loves playing Super Mario World on the SNES Classic. And I'd love to make levels to build his progression up with that game. But it's just one that, you know, I'm, there's so many gaming community. I'm really into Smash and I'm really into Pokemon. That's a game that I could lose my life into. Just let me tweak this level. Let me do this. But it's a game. If I got it as a gift, I would be completely happy with it. Yeah. I I just think it's such a good move for Nintendo mm-hmm. um, that they are continuing to support this game over time i like you said it kind of came out to a flat launch and the fact that they've stuck with it is pretty cool right and it's they're like hey this people love this play style so make it your own like they Mm -hmm. let people make the playground i would love for them to do that and i've said this before and i'll say it again because they're listening so listen again nintendo (laughs) do zelda maker top down zelda you just make your own dungeons which you kind of have in Link's awakening you can make little your own mini dungeons but i would love a whole game of that I'm curious where it's going to be streamed. And speaking of streamers, I think you have some news about some hot streamer news. Yeah, Facebook stepped into the market this week. Uh, Making most of lockdowns, Facebook gaming launches earlier than planned. This is coming to us from finance.yahoo.com. Basically, Facebook has decided to launch their own free app, which was scheduled to launch in June. And it was released early. Um, and it's basically an alternative outlet to sites like stream and, or uh, to stream video games like Twitch or Mixer or Mixer. Yeah. So this is this is a pretty cool app and it is an app. I downloaded it today. Haven't really hopped in and played with it, but Facebook is getting into the streaming game. Do you have to have a Facebook account? Uh, I would imagine you do. I don't know if that's the case or not. I was thinking we need to make an underpowered Facebook account. So that way, because I don't have a face. Do you have a Facebook anymore? I do, but I never touch it. I remember when we were in college and Facebook came out and you used it to tell girls to come to parties so you could hang out and talk to them and try to trick them into dating you. I mean, that's how the world worked back in 20, 2005. Do you remember when a poke meant like, hey, I'm into you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do. Send them poke. We'll see if they poke you back. They poke you back. Or you, you would wave. You remember you'd wave at each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just send each other little messages. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing of note here is that Facebook has also had some success in attracting streamers to the gaming platform, according to Esports Observer. It offers exclusive contracts to Jeremy Disgusting Toast Wang, who is a top streamer of Activision's Hearthstone and former. Uh, world number one professional player, Chill Zero, uh, Zero, yes. yeah, of the Super Smash Bros. community. I'm a big so those Zero are two gets. I'm a big Zero yeah, fan. Yeah, those are two big gets for Facebook. They also got Ronda Rousey to start streaming because she plays a lot of WoW. Okay, all right, yeah, I thought that was weird. Like it doesn't mention WoW in this article, and I'm like, what the heck, Ronda Rousey? She, Why are they getting her? one? Ronda Rousey is a huge Pokemon nerd. 
<laughs> I, again, I know a lot about Rhonda because I was no wonder huge, you know. huge, huge. And I, well, I know she's badass too. She kind of admired the game community though. She's rubbed some people the wrong way because she, uh, she was the voice for Sonya in the new Mortal Kombat, and people felt like her voice acting sucked. And then a lot of the game community is really strong on trans rights, and she said some things about the trans community that doesn't sit well with people. And, and we're not gonna get into that here. So I'm surprised that Facebook, but I guess she's polarizing enough, and she still has a pull because. She just recently ripped on wrestling fans and wrestling not being real. Because, you know, she was the WWE Women's Champion for a little while after she quit, retired from MMA. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. Are you, like, stalking her? Do you follow her to her house every night? Or how does this she work? She has her own farm somewhere, man. I'm not following her there. She married a <laughs> UFC heavyweight fighter. There's no way I want anything to do. No, I'm a fan. Sometimes you got to live life on the edge, man. <laughs> you got to you gotta take those opportunities while you See, can. I want them to just bring back the pokes because then I can give her a poke and then she'll know. I'm like, hey, what's up? It was so it's such an easier time back then, Shelby, to talk to girls. It wasn't the it swipe was. left, swipe right, you know, or you get a poke from a girl that you had no idea and you're like, all right. Um, Dude, I saw an advertisement for Bumble on one of my streaming services the other day. And I'm like, one, why are they advertising Bumble to me? Two, what the yeah, hell is a Bumble? Why aren't they sending you Ashley Madison? I'm not going to get into the ads that my streaming services queue up for me, but it's really <laughs> weird. We can talk about that later. Uh, but um, no, it feels like it's a pretty crowded market as it is. I know my, uh, Mixer kind of came in and tried to take over Switch. And now here's a third competitor in the market. I think it's really a four-man dance if you look at it. There's this, there's Twitch, which is the big dog, Mixer now, and then YouTube. Right. YouTube streams. So it's kind of we're having streaming wars all over. We have Netflix. It's just it's part of the battle. Everyone's got to right. choose. I kind of like it because I remember growing up with console wars. You were a Sega guy. You were a Nintendo guy, right? You had your squad. I want people mm -hmm. to to pick a pick a service because pretty soon Disney and Amazon and like Google and one other company are going to rule the world. So it's going to mm -hmm. be your faction that you choose. And that's who you're going to live under. We won't be the United States of America. We'll be the United States of Amazon. D did you hear that? They're actually going to legalize the purge this summer. <gasps> yes. It's going to be a real thing. They're going to set people free, send everybody a machete. Actually, I awesome. had a buddy tell me this, the place he works kept getting robbed. Dude gets arrested. You want, and he made bail. You want to know what his bail was? What? Three cents. What? They can't keep them in jail. My neighbor works at a jail, and they are basically just releasing people. Yeah, they're right getting now. COVID in the jails. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's a dark time. So welcome to your dark apocalypse. Hey, streaming to you live from your dark apocalypse. There's your episode title for the yes, week. Live um, and then, so we had some Mario news, and we also have some Animal Crossing. Yes, news. and Animal Crossing had. I first this weekend I wanted out on there that news ace reporter Casey Cool was on the scene. I sent a couple people about data mine leaks. So hackers had data mined the current update for Animal Crossing, and they were noticing some new things coming. They noticed that there was a ship that was supposed to be in the back, and that ship turned out all these data hacking proved to be true. And what they found in the new Animal Crossing update is that. They are going to add Leaf, who is uh, a traveling garden shop. So they're adding Leaf, and he is going to sell bushes and shrubs and seeds from different flowers. And I hear possibly they're adding vegetables to the game. Then Red is coming back, and Red is a fox. In the previous, he was in New Leaf, and he sells art. So there's going to be an art section to the museum so people can curate art and statues now. And the thing about Red's ship, though, you have to be able to decipher which one's real art, which one's fake, because then you can go get it evaluated, and they can be like, oh, this is a fake. And you Whoa. can think you bought a real painting, and you're just like, no, damn it, Red. You can get they swindled also announced some new themes for months, because the big thing that was going on with Animal Crossing for, like, the first few weeks of April, there was Bunny Day, and it sucked ass. 
Because, like, you would fish, and then you get an egg instead of a fish. And you're like, what the fuck? I do not want another egg. And then you're like, oh, here's a really big fish, and it's a fucking egg. Oh, it was the worst. It was the worst. They, they went on. Like, they had to do a, a secret patch note update to make there be less eggs that appeared in the game. Oh, great. But um, May, there's going to be Nature Day. There's going to be May Day Tour. There's going to be International Museum Day. And then Wedding Season in June. Just like the great movie Ooh. Wedding Crashers. Very nice. I, I would love if you could set up character. That would be a good element in the game if you can get animals to marry each other. It'd be very Harvest Moon. I'd love them to add that in. This is pretty neat. This is a long laundry list of like features to be added. So, do we know like what the timeline is on these notes? Is this years? Is this months? What do we think this well, is? Well, this is going to be the next update. The things that we know are official are leaf with the plants, the vegetables are maybe, and red with the art, and then those the Nature Day, May Day, and so on. The cooking and the vegetables being added were in the leak. So I'm waiting to see if that's true. I'm bet- betting they wait like another two months and then they're going to release a little more. If they really want to be successful, they should copy Stardew Valley's and add a dungeon element where you have to fight monsters or something. Where you could dig underground in your island. That'd be big. Because there used to be a character called Rossetti where if you didn't save your game, it was this really pissed off mole and be like, hey, motherfucker, you didn't reset right. <laughs> That's great. No, I mean, I played Stardew Valley, and my favorite part of that was the dungeons. So as soon as they put dungeons in this game, uh, you might have a take. What did on you it. you played on your Xbox, right? No, I played it on Switch. Ooh, I'm gonna get you the Switch online so we can start a game of that together. I kind of got overwhelmed with that game. I couldn't get in the rhythm of like the farming. Like I would just kind of throw seeds down, let stuff grow. But I was trying to min max so mm. so much that I just felt like I never really got it right. You know. So you don't have years of Harvest Moon 64 experience on your belt like no, I did? No, I definitely do not. I definitely do not. Yeah. Well, what does the multiplayer entail in Stardew? Uh, we both start on the same farm. You have your house. I have my house. So like, if you want to just be the fisherman, you could just go fish every day and collect stuff there. And if, Or if you want to go, hey, I'm going to go check the dungeons every day. That could be your job, and I could develop the farm. So wow. if you get three people, you could systematically do it and make things faster. Then eventually you're going to fight over, hey, I want to marry this chick. No, I want to marry Karen because she's the hottest. Karen is never the most desirable. Isn't uh, that how the internet is reacting to Karen? Oh, yeah, that's it? true. Yeah. yeah, it's true. No one likes Karen, Karen. Karen's a bad word. Yeah, and that's then the name some, of the podcast. <laughs> Karen is a bad word? Yeah. Karen is a bad word on the internet. I love it. Cool, cool. And then that takes us to our next story. Which and final has story, with, right? And final story, yeah, which is Vanguard. So we spoke about this last week. This has to do with the security privileges of the game Vanguard, which is produced by Riot Games. They have put up an official statement on their website. This is at riotgames.com. And it's basically a pretty drilled down take on what their security does. Um, it feels like, to be honest with you, it's been PR to death. Yep. Like the opening couple of paragraphs are very cheeky and very upbeat. And then they kind of talk about the different security measures that they've gone through internally. Um, they talk about bringing in a separate security firm to look at their technical speci- uh, specs. And then they also talk about the philosophy of um, Riot and Vanguard. Where is this article from? This is from Riot Games. At Riot Games. And the thing I found the most interesting is the bounty that they're putting out for hackers to come. They say, hey, hackers, come and hack our game. Show us what's wrong with it. They're just like, what's the bounty at? Um, I thought it was $2 million when I looked at right. it earlier. They're saying up to lengthy. $2 million. Right. Oh, yeah. See, it makes me wish I knew how to do that shit so I could go and be like, game on, motherfucker, and hack that. 
Hack the yeah. planet. And, you know, I, I read through this. And if you haven't read through it, I suggest checking it out. But the way I read it is just like, okay, you know, you're saying all the right things, but still you're asking this game to boot with my computer. Right. Like your security system is booting as soon as I turn my computer on. And I understand you're trying to dissuade cheaters from mm -hmm. cheating, but that doesn't seem like a good enough reason for them to have this program running on launch. Right. I've heard some people have made some counter programming to it where, it boots up, and then when you start the game, and then when you turn off the game, it kills the drivers, so it doesn't follow your keystrokes anymore. The problem with that is, though, if you want to reboot up the game, you have to restart your whole computer. So there, there are people who are working ways around it, and guess what? It, it's just like real sports. Like Everybody is doing steroids, PEDs. The Olympics, full of it. Every great Olympian has done steroids. I do, and if anything here is like, oh, they're not on steroids. Yes, they have. Every great athlete is on steroids for the most part, or a PED. And cheaters are going to always find the best way to cheat. There's always going to be cheaters out there, and they're going to be a little ahead of the curve. And then they're going to get caught, and then they're going to get better. It's a dance that they always play. The thing about, like, professional sports is, like, let them take their drugs. I kind of just want to watch somebody, like, be superhuman. It, I, it depends on the sport, in my mind. In baseball, curling. go for it. Just let them do whatever. What about curling? Sure. Make them super strong. Let's see that yeah. curling. Let's see that thing run into someone, take your ankle off. I, I think PED should be allowed. I think if both, if like fighting, it's a little different. If both parties are cool with it and they both can take steroids, then I say go for it. Well, good. well that that wraps the news. I mean, this Vanguard story was the last story we have. Um, I also wanted to I also want to pour one out for Jason Schreier who is leaving Kotaku. You know, we kind of went back and forth on covering this. I personally have really enjoyed his work over the years. He being Jason Schreier. Um, Kotaku has been my source for video game news for years and years. Ever since Joystick went away, Kotaku yeah. has been my stand-in. And um, wish him the best. I hope he finds his way. I'm a fan. He's a really good reporter. He writes really great stories. And I know he loves JRPGs. I only have one beef with him. He really shit on Octopath Traveler. Um, and I would love to talk to him about that at some point in the future. Hopefully he'll listen to me. But I'm very curious to see what he's going to do. And this speaks more about the industry because Kotaku is a dead spin property. And dead spin has been bought out by some new and other different reporters. And a lot of, there's a big exodus of people leaving because the people who bought it are the people who run Forbes. And Forbes' big thing is why it's such a popular place to go is they put out so much content. That it's just like clickbaity. It's not really news journalism. And I yeah. think Tracian Shire is a man of principle that, hey, you know, he did a lot of reporting. He's always he he's really big on the killing crunches at workplace and fair pay for the programmers. He he writes exposés like that. So I have a lot of respect for anybody that's putting fighting for people's business rights or what's the word I'm looking for? Fighting for people to do the right thing and treat people ethically in business. I'm glad he's starting his own podcast and starting his own branch and his book's coming out soon too. Yeah. And I'll definitely read it. I mean, he's broken a lot of big stories through Kotaku over the years. Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting to watch these different gaming blogs rise and fall. You know, I mentioned joystick. That was my go-to site for years and years. Ludwig kicked me. Keatsman, some of my favorite personalities, and um, he left Joystick when they got bought out. And um, exactly like you were saying, it was just lost its soul. It almost felt like when it changed hands there a couple of years ago. So sorry to see you go, Jason. I hope the rest of the team at Kotaku um, continues to thrive and brings us good, up to date um, video game news. He always also the one that always reports on Randy Pitchford from Gearbox being a total shithead. <laughs> and so like Randy Pitchford probably hates his guts, which makes me. Like, mad respect, Jason. Mad respect. Right, right. Fuck Randy. 
Well, you know, and he only shat on Octopath because it was a bad game. You don't even know, man. <laughs> you watch your whore mouth right here. I will fight you. I, hey, you know what? Word of, word of the book for Jason. You know what I mean? I believe in him. I know Follow your next punishment. I know your next punishment. <laughs> and listen, oh, just no. to talk about the backlog really quick, we've got till May. We have till then to see who can beat the most games. And you're up Ooh. really um, – basically, you beat Ori. you basically beaten Forza. What's the other one you beat? Oh, Bloodstain, right? You got three? Well, I mean, right now I'm not counting Forza yet. Yeah, so you got I feel two. like I still need ten more hours there. So, yeah, I'm Bloodstained and Ori right now. Um, I've also – kind of been off and on of um uncharted four okay um i still am developing my thoughts on that one though okay uh so i'm kind of like poking around this list don't worry about it i, I yeah. i'm coming for your ass don't worry i i really think you are it's going to be close it's going to be close no. and what we're saying is we are who <laughs> so two weeks from today is what it is mm-hmm. and whoever has beaten the most games in two weeks will get to choose something that the other person has to watch yep. And I really right. hope it's not Marvel's Agent Shields, like a commitment. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, should we put a cap on it? No, because I could be real dickish and be like, you're going to watch all 900 episodes of One Piece. Like, I could do I that. I know, I know. But I, but I feel like the heat on the back of my neck of you coming up behind me. That's what I'm saying. Maybe we should put a safeguard. No, no, so no. no, no. There is no safety net. This is a fairly <laughs> easy punishment. And it's one that's enjoyable. It'll give us something to do with all our free time. Okay. I like that. Um, Let's get into emails. Let's do it. Okay, because it's just a dad cast, and Sean is out on assignment today. The first one, this is from this is from James in New York. Hey, we made it. We're in the big city. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. I know Shelby and Casey have talked about being dads, and I'm just curious. I have a five-month-old, and I'm very excited to the prospect of having kids with him. Congratulations, James, by the way, especially having a kid during this crisis time. What games do you look forward the most to playing with your kids? Ooh, good question. Like all of them. Right. All of them. Uh, I'm very excited to see what my kids are going to gravitate to. That Yeah. See, my son's gotten into games. You know, he plays a couple. He likes Animal Crossing. We talked about that. He really loves, and it's on my backlog, that Let's Go Pikachu uh Pokemon, that the Let's Go Pikachu game are on Switch, and he has on his iPad uh, his own Pokemon Go account, but we don't. He doesn't have a. He's not able to take it out of the house because it needs Wi-Fi. He doesn't. He doesn't have data on it. SMS card, yeah. the the data card, and um. So he just plays at the house, which is they've tr- added it up for COVID, and like I'll log into his account to go get him Pokeballs if I'm out somewhere. His name is Asher, right? And there's a story behind this name. My wife and I, I knew when we found out a boy, I was like, all right, next thing is conversation is like the names, right? And I knew, I was like, okay, how can I get like a video game reference of some sort? I was like, (laughs) maybe Lincoln and I can call him Link or something like that, right? She comes to me one day and she goes, what do you think of the name of Asher? Because we talked about it. And I knew Asher from that. Do you remember Asher Roth? No. The rapper, the I Love College guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know. I remember that song. Yeah. That song was big when I worked in radio, right? And I remember that. And I was like, oh, that's a cool name. And then as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, I can call him Ash. I have a Pokemon <laughs> reference right in front of me. And I go, yeah, I, I like that name a lot. I didn't want to go for I a big. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. As soon as I heard that name, I was like, oh, that's definitely a Pokemon right. reference. I didn't. He was like, no. I go, no, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It, well, Asher is a reference. My wife's family's Jewish. And Asher is the Hebrew word for happy. Ah. And I like that meaning. And Asher's a pretty happy kid. 
But the bigger thing was I could call him Ash, and I'm a huge, huge Pokemon nerd. So that was a big opportunity. So I'm really excited for him to get into Pokemon more. Now he's starting to read. That's a game that needs to be reading. Like he loves Pokemon already. So that's something I'm hoping we can bond over more. And I would love, and he likes Smash Brothers too, but the Pokemon series is the big one. And now that he's doing that, like that makes my heart. So, and my daughter is carrying Sammy. She's carrying a a little, she has one of the new starter Pokemon stuffies. It's the bunny. And she, oh, she's, she's ready. She's, she's down for the Pokemon too. Yeah. In in terms of like what I'm excited for, I'm excited to like play games with them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like uh, actively play like adult titles, even if it's just like me watching them play through them. Yes. Like there's a lot of games that resonated with me over the years, like Dead Space. Like wow. when I played Dead Space, I was like, this is an experience. And if I could just like sit on the couch and Is that the one with the needle in the eye? Oh yeah, it's definitely like ways out. You I mean, want this is your daughter be, like, to play that with you? Well, I mean, not right now, oh, okay. but I mean, like 13, 14, okay. 15, you know, when she's starting to get into like these different phases of her life, yeah. I'm going to be queuing up games for her to play. Yeah. Like, oh, you like heavy metal? Let me show you this game called Doom. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I just can't wait to like get to certain points in her life and be like, try this. Like, I'm uh, I'm waiting to play Spyro, uh, that Spyro remaster. I'm going to wait a little bit longer. But yeah, when she can actually get on the sticks and play. Um, Because right now she can only watch me and not control well enough. What's nice with the Pokemon, let's go, Asher plays with the Pokeball controller, and you coordinate, and you you can play two-player with that, and I'll talk more about that in different podcasts, but he loves that we can catch Pokemon together. Um, He has a Charmander that he named Chipotle, that's now a Charmeleon, and him and Chipotle are like, that's his his homie. So, um, I... Yeah, I would love to show Asher the classics. He'd be like, hey, let's play Final Fantasy VI. Let's play... Like, these games were very essential to my... So it's like our parents had like music and you're like, Hey, listen to this. And we have that too. But now we have like, Hey, play this game. You know, like this is, this has some flavor to it, you know? And, and one thing that I'd say to James too, is like, let your kid come to the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know like I've gotten to points where it's like, Oh, you're going to love this. Just wait, I'm going to turn this on. You're going to love it. And they're like, eh, whatever next, you know? So I think um, you got to come to them on their terms when they're ready. So as a recently new father, I was really excited to get them gaming and uh, they're not quite there yet in terms of age. So sit patient, make your list, then work through yeah. it. All right. Our next one. Hey guys, love the podcast. I've noticed a lot of people have been breaking up because they've been stuck together in quarantine and that shows the real strengths of the relationship. So I have this question for you guys. Would you rather be married to a 10 with a bad personality or a six with an amazing personality? I take the six Same. all day. Yeah, skin is skin mm-hmm. deep. You know what I a mean. Tin's nice to stare at, but then when they open their mouth, they can be like, "No, okay, I'm out of the room. Easy." Yeah. Uh, no thanks. Yeah. Um, and plus, a lot of like super attractive women, the fact that they think they're cute or gorgeous makes them so much more attractive. <laughs> thing. A six with a personality could be a seven or an eight. Things can change. A ten can't keep ten forever. Five right. times undefeated. That that looks are going to go quick. And when they go, those women hold on to it and then they chose their true personality. Yeah, you can't. You're, you're only a ten for so long. You fly too close to the sun. Easily. Easily a six. Personality goes way farther. And plus, like a girl personality is going to want to do more fun things, too everywhere you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying no i'm saying no i'm right that one was nice and easy okay this is from our loyal listener eric and tracy sub dudes easy question 
Which game would you want remade from your childhood? Ever since the Final Fantasy VII remake has come out, I've only been thinking about what games I would want remade. Me, personally, I would like Final Fantasy Tactics. Thanks, Eric. Final Fantasy Tactics is a great one. I would like that to be remade because, you know, I'm a huge fan of it. But I don't actually want that. I just want a new one of those. I don't really want it to be remade. Like They have the iPhone one that I've been playing, the gotcha game. But it's not. I want a real one to be remade. But if... I really think they could do some cool stuff with Ocarina of Time. I know you just played through that. I was thinking that. And um, if they did like an FF style remake of that game, that could be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some pretty dark parts in that. And I remember when I played it when we were younger, a lot of that art was so low res that you had to use your imagination. Mm -hmm. But man, there are some cool scenes that you could really make look perfect right now. See, for me, I think of super mario rpg Mm. the seven star saga on the snes um i would like to see that maybe be remade i i would like that a new updated version but the other one i think of i go back to octopath and i think final fantasy 6 so final fantasy 6 is also really beloved have you seen the style of octopath are you familiar with it yeah so you know like it's spark it's 2d sprite art that's popped up it looks like a, a diorama so they right. they should take the original sprites from Final Fantasy VI, but then just up-res all the backgrounds, and then maybe update the battling to be like Octopath a little bit with the mix of it, change the balance of them. I would love for that kind of remake. I would love a great new Ninja Turtles beat em up. Ooh, that is a good mm-hmm. choice. That like is a, a good stick choice. turtle in time, or like if you got the team that made Batman Arkham Asylum and Arkham City to do a Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Oh, That'd be so sick. I would I would give them all of my money. They if they started a Kickstarter, I would drop here's ten thousand bucks. Here you go, guys. Yeah. That game. Yeah. Another one that comes to mind, one of my favorite games of all time, Act Razor. Oh, I don't yeah, know if you yeah. ever played Act Razor, but that was my favorite game. And it um it, it's there's a lot of depth to it. And I'm really surprised no one has taken that format and like made a recent style of game like that. And if you remember, it was like a top down, you're like an angel in a town shooting demons. And then once you hit a certain point, you'd go to like a 2D knight making his way through a level, slaying demons, and it would bounce back and forth. It was really neat. It was one of my favorite games. And I don't know why anybody's not using that format. Did you ever play Soul Seraph? It came out last year. It's from Sega. It was supposed to be like a spiritual successor, but it was more of like a castle defense game. It was it's it had like little bits of elements of Act Razor, but it didn't really hit all the yeah. marks. Um, that's why that's why I didn't really dive into it is because of the tower defense. Like you say tower defense, and I'm like, no thanks. Like yeah, I am. Yeah, no, I, I'm not a wave-based tower guy. Like, I, just let me, like, run around with a bow and shoot demons. One more, one more. Okay. Oddworld. Bring oh, yeah. back Oddworld. I don't know where it went. I don't know why it's gone, but bring back me some Oddworld. Yes. Stranger's Wrath is way underappreciated is the word yes. I'm looking for. Um, yeah, give them a pile of money and let them go wild over at Oddworld. Okay. Our next email comes from matt and livermore sub dudes i have a very simple question here in shelby talk about gummy ships last week it came to my mind mini games love them hate them indifferent what's your feel thanks gentlemen shelby i'll let you take the floor on this one mini games like get them out of here get them out of here for the most part 
like every once in a while, okay, I, I can I can deal with a mini game. Sometimes they're cute, sometimes they work. More often than not, it just seems like it's a gate to get you to the next piece of the game. That's what it feels like. I don't know. I like a mini game in RPG that gives you something. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this gives me a really ultimate weapon that the character can use and makes me super OP. I love that. So, Final Fantasy X. Did you ever play Final Fantasy X? Nope. Okay, so Final Fantasy X. It's pretty cringy. It's not the. It's got some elements that are really cool. The sphere grid was the first thing I did that was really cool. Okay, but they yeah. have easily the best mini game called Blitzball. And the only <laughs> way I can describe Blitzball. Are you familiar with Blitzball? I am. Yeah. It's in a three D. You're in a, a sphere of water. So you have full three D movement, and you're basically playing underwater water polo soccer football. Right. You can tackle. You can do special shots. I'm waiting for someone. Just to take that mini game and make it a game. Where's that, play at? Where's that at? I don't know, but people would download the shit out of it. I would tell you that people yeah. are like, oh, just blitzball done. I would do it for sure. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that that's a perfect iPhone game. Yeah, but see, like you're talking about one mini game, and I feel like the majority of the time it's just like we're throwing this in here for giggles and shits. Like, my, yeah, what is? I'm trying to remember what it is in Breath of the Wild that drove me crazy. Like when you're cooking food. That's fine. Is That's there a mini game there, or is that a mini? No, they, there's a, a weird little song that you can skip, where it's like where it cooks. Yeah. But that food gives you perks. Um, I think of mini games like I know Final Fantasy VII. A lot of people have been talking about the like rhythm dancing mini game that's not very good. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mini games can suck and deter a game. Like Final Fantasy IX and Final Fantasy VIII had a really good card game. And the one side quest I'm not going to do in Dragon Quest. So in Dragon Quest, there's an actual casino. And they're slot machines, and it works like real slot machines. They coded it to be like a real slot machine where it's random. There's a roulette table, like you, there you can actually gamble. Whoa. And so there's like a there's a side quest to get like so much gold in there. It's like not doing it. No, not a really good item. Not interested. I just want to. I'm I'm at the end of my rope with that game. I still enjoy it, but I got things I need to do. Yeah, the and, one uh, thing I will say about mini games, like if they're there in the periphery, like mm-hmm. that's okay. Like I'm all right with that. Like Red Dead Redemption has poker. Cool. Like, if I want to stop and play two hands of poker, great. But, like, if you're going to sit there and make me play poker for, like, right. five hands, like, no thanks. Right. Just stop. And Red Dead Poker always turns into, all right, I'm going to lose. I'm going to shoot all these guys and take my money and book it out of town. Dude, and that's actually a bad example because there was a couple of nights I played Red Dead right when I bought it where I would, like, just play hours of poker for no reason See, right because it's it's well done i think if a mini game's well done it's cool but if it's forced on you i think another game that did mini games or mini missions really well did you ever play sleeping dogs uh yeah i did oh, actually love that game so much that's a game that i think could be remade even though it's not that old that's a cult classic um that game had really good driving it had really good driving missions it had really good martial art missions so that's a game where like little mini quests and mini games within the game are important but if it's just like overtly like, hey, just get 10,000 coins for an achievement, I'm not really interested in that. But if it's a mini game where you can actually think about things and there's it's a, it's a game, a true game within a game where you have to strategize and you have to find items within the game, I'm all for it. Yeah. So part of me, part of me gets frustrated too because like if you're playing a really good game, um and all of a sudden you hit a mini game the first thought that goes through my mind is like how many hours did these developers put into creating this mini game? Right. You know, is that the focal point of this game? No. 
I mentioned it last week. I'm playing through Kingdom Hearts, and then all of a sudden, I have like a 20 minute dance sequence where he's just dancing in a festival, and it's like, what is going on? And how long did this take to perfect? No, they used to have that in Little Mermaid's Land. You would dance with the timing in that, and you got a really good item from it. You're right. You're right. I I hear you. A random rhythm game. And I mean, you already got this kick ass gummy ship game. I might be the only person in the world that likes gummy ships. No, 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 no. Gummy ships are not good, they're not good at all. You got to get the specs where the ship's already made, and then it makes a cooler ship, and you just put the guns on it. That's all there is. But in Kingdom Hearts 3, they're not dropping specs. You got to find them in the the lands. They're in there. I guarantee it. That's how you They are. I think they're only in the space combat missions. When we get off this conversation, I'm Googling it, and I'm going to figure out how to get you specs. I am going to send you my Xbox. You play through all the gummy missions, and you send the Xbox back to me. So you're going to be like the best gummy ship in the world right now. (laughs) Don't worry. It's going to be boss. I'm just going to min-max. I'm going to Google it and be like, give me the best gummy ship. Yeah, that, that go for that. That's how you should do it. Yeah, for sure. I think that settles it for emails. I think that's it, dude. Cool. Well, it's uh, it's been a good night. Yeah. That's right. And thank you for listening to the Underpowered Podcast. Make sure to touch base with us via email at underpoweredradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at underpoweredpod or Instagram at under.powered. Have a good night. We're out. Good night. Go to bed. Go to bed. bed.